We shall now turn to the passage of scripture which we read, the book of Psalms, Psalm 16, and we shall read again verses 6 to 8. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places, yea, I have a goodly heritage. I bless the Lord who hath given me counsel, my reins also instruct me in the night season. I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. We have come to the end of another year. It's a time for reflection. We look back over the past weeks and months, and at the same time, we're looking ahead to a new year. As we look back, we see God's goodness. Every one of us has to say, goodness and mercy have followed me all the days of my life. We are to give thanks for the goodness of the Lord. And then as we look ahead, we don't know what lies before us. But again, we trust in God. We put our faith in him. He has been with us in the past. He'll be with us in the future. Remember the Israelites, when they had a victory over the Philistines, <coughs> led by Samuel, you remember how they set up a monument and called it Ebenezer. Ebenezer, up till now, the Lord hath helped us. Well, that's looking back and saying, God did great things for us in the past. But it's not just looking back. It's looking ahead and saying, up till now, the Lord have helped us. He'll help us tomorrow too, and the day after, and the day after. So we look back over the past year with thankfulness. We look forward to the coming year with confidence. And here we have a very precious psalm that expresses some of these thoughts. <coughs> First, we notice in verse 6 that our lines have fallen in pleasant places. Now, that's an allusion to the way the promised land, the land of Canaan, was divided up. It was divided up into portions, and then lots were cast, and each individual family was given their own portion. Some parts of the land would be hilly, others would be valley, some more fertile, some more stony, some well watered, and others dry and arid. And so it is with our lives. God divides to us a portion. Every portion is different because every one of us is different. But God gives to each one of us a portion specially chosen for us. A portion in life that is appropriate and that is just the best for us, our lines have fallen 
in pleasant places. God knows us, and knowing us, he allocates to us the best part. It's good when we can see that. When we look back, and we're not grumbling or complaining, but we look back and we're thankful. Thank you, God, for the life you gave me. Thank you for the provision you made for me. Thank you for filling my cup with blessings. And my cup overflows. We are to thank God for food and clothes. We're to thank him for money and homes. We're to thank him for our families, friends. So what about you? Are you grumbling? complaining, discontented. Paul said to Timothy, godliness with contentment is great gain. There's nothing better than that. Be godly. You can't be too godly. And be content with what the Lord gives you. You can't be too content either. I think of my, my own father, and uh, he would often say, I thank God for the job he gave me. I never wanted another job. I thank God for the home he gave me. I never saw another home that I wanted, apart from the one he gave me. And he thanked God for his family. He would often actually go around the house singing this uh, psalm. He wasn't much of a singer. He wasn't always accurate the way he sang. But these words, especially in Gaelic, he was a, he was, um, a Gaelic speaker. And he, he would often sing these words. Cairon machup is myrokjia, stu heses wamokraun, enachif aithnoch. The Lord has given me a good portion. He's given me the best. And these very words we sang at his funeral, the time when he left us to go to the promised land above. Just recently, as you know, I was in Sri Lanka. Now there's people in this country, and you hear them complaining about poverty. and They say things like, well, we have to choose between heating and eating. And You look at them and you wonder, are they really all that poor? Well, in Sri Lanka, I saw people who were really poor. This is one family living in a kind of shack, thatch on the roof, and plastic sides to the house and just one room, no running water, no bathroom, toilet, a woman and her four sons. There she was, her husband had left her. Wondering where our next food would come from. Unable to buy <coughs> notebooks for her second son who was 
wondering if he could move on to the next stage of schooling, or would he just have to go out and start working? Living in real poverty, real poverty. How good the Lord has been to us. <clears throat> Goodness and mercy have followed me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I look back in my own life, and I'm thankful. Grew up in Stornoway. Um, you didn't have any of the luxuries. Weren't well off in any sense. But at the same time, we had all that we needed. We had always had food, and always had clothes, always had a roof over our heads, so much to be thankful for. And then thinking of the years that have passed since then, time as a student in Aberdeen and then in Edinburgh and in Philadelphia, the States, and the Lord providing in Partick when I was minister there up in Portree, back here in Knightswood. I look back and I say, my lines have fallen in pleasant places. Can you say the same? Can you see the loving kindness of the Lord? Can you see the goodness of your heavenly Father? So, first of all, then, there's to be thankfulness in our hearts because our lines have fallen in pleasant places. And then he adds, Yea, I have a goodly heritage. Now, what is our heritage? Well, we could think about heritage in earthly terms. In a sense, we've spoken about that already. But the goodly heritage is God himself, isn't it? The children of Israel were given their various portions in the promised land. But the Levites, the tribe of Levi, weren't given any part of the land. God was their portion. Were they worse off because of that? Not a bit. God was their portion. And you and I are to claim God as our portion too. We have that in verse 5. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest, my Lord. God is our portion. What better portion can we have? We receive and embrace the Lord Jesus Christ, freely offered to us in the gospel. The preaching of the gospel, Christ is offered to us. Christ to be our portion. And by faith, we take him into our hearts. The Lord is my portion. The portion of mine inheritance. The Lord is my cup. And the Lord maintains my right. What lies ahead for us? No doubt this coming year will bring changes. We don't know what they'll be. Maybe there'll be very difficult changes, perhaps times of illness, maybe even death itself. We do not know. 
trials, sicknesses, death. But does it matter? If God is our inheritance, he will never leave us nor forsake us. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Whatever your need, whatever your re whatever you require, God provides. That's his promise. And he's a God who doesn't tell lies. He keeps his promise. My God shall supply all your need, all according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Even death itself need not cause us fear because what is death? But the doorway to heaven, to the promised land above, to the place where there's no pain, no sickness, no disability, no sin, and no misery. It's going, essentially, it's going home to be with Christ, to be with our Father in heaven. There remaineth therefore a rest unto the people of God, the rest at the end of our labors, our toils, our pains. You and I, as Christians, are heirs and joint heirs with Christ. So if we're heirs, what's our inheritance? Our inheritance is God himself. And so we will be enjoying God throughout the endless ages of eternity. We are heirs of God. And God is our inheritance. And God is our enjoyment. And God is the one we will glorify and enjoy forever. Well, is that true? Do you know where you're going when you die? Are you sure? One of the troubling things nowadays is how ministers seem to put everyone to heaven when they die. I go to funerals and I hear ministers speak and recently I was at such a funeral and there was a man there being buried who had never professed faith in Christ. And the minister was quite sure that he was in heaven. <clears throat> he was more than a conqueror, that nothing would separate him from the love of Christ. He was at peace, he was at rest, he was in bliss. Well, maybe he was, I don't know. But that's not what he professed in his lifetime. But there's this tendency nowadays to say, well, they're at rest. Everyone's at peace. Everyone goes to heaven. But that's not what Jesus taught. Jesus said there's a broad road and a narrow road. A broad gate leading to a broad road, and it leads to destruction. 
and many there be which go in thereat. It's not just a few really bad people who end up in hell. Many. That's what Jesus said. And if we believe Jesus, we've got to believe in hell. And if we don't believe Jesus, how can we call ourselves Christians? So if Jesus said, there's a narrow road that leads to heaven and few there be that find it and many go to hell, then is it right for us to say that virtually everybody's going to heaven? Surely not. It's directly contrary to the teaching of Jesus. But these modern ministers are like the false prophets in Jeremiah's day. They went around saying, peace, peace, nothing to worry about. Everything's fine. All will work out fine. Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian armies won't come against us. This city will not be destroyed. The temple will not be burned. They were liars. Deceiving the people and making soft pillows for the people to sleep on. And sadly, there are many ministers today and they're making feather beds for people to sleep, to sleep on until they open their eyes in hell. How horrible. But if we love the Lord Jesus, if we trust in Christ, if we repented of our sins, received and embraced the Lord Jesus Christ, then we know and we can be sure that the best is yet to be. That there's a heaven awaiting us. As Paul put it, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me in that day. And not to me only, but also to all them that love is appearing. So a question, do we love the appearing of Christ? Are we looking forward to the return of Jesus? Come back, Lord. Come quickly. Bring an end to this wicked world. Break an end to my own sins and usher in heaven. I want to be in heaven forever with you. The Lord has given to us then a goodly heritage. Next, verse 7, divine wisdom is given to us. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night season. You and I often have decisions to make. We're always making decisions. There's various questions, questions at work, questions in relationships, decisions with regard to friends and family and health and all sorts of questions, all sorts of decisions. And we're limited. We don't know what's best. But the great thing is we can ask God for help. We can ask God to, to guide us, and he's promised to do it. He says, if any man lack 
wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not. If you need wisdom, the wisdom to know what to do, ask God. He gives freely. And God will never lead you astray. God is always ready to guide us. We don't know what's best. God always knows what's best. Come to God, pray to God, ask God, and you won't go wrong. He gives us his counsel, as it says here. Psalm 73, thou with thy counsel while I live, wilt me conduct and guide. And to thy glory afterward, receive me to abide. I will bless the Lord. I will give thanks to God who hath given me counsel, who's given me direction, who's guided me, who's helped me to know the way. My reins also instruct me in the night season, lying on my bed at night with questions, wondering what I should do, praying what I should do. The Lord guides. Have you been like that? Maybe lying on bed, tossing and turning, questioning, wondering, what should I do? And you open your heart to God and you tell God about it. And God guides you. He always will. My reins instruct me in the night season. He leads our thoughts. He gives us his word, the Bible, to be a light to our feet and a lamp to our path. The principles that we need are there, and his Holy Spirit helps us to interpret the scripture and to see the relevance of God's word for ourselves. The Spirit leads and guides. What better guide can we have than God? So divine wisdom is one of these great things that God gives. <coughs> Next, we notice divine protection in verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Setting God before you, following in his footsteps. He's on my right hand. I won't be moved. It's a wonderful comfort to have him with you. You know how it is when maybe you're traveling, maybe you're in a foreign country. If you're on your own, it's very difficult sometimes. And if you don't know the language and you've never been there before and you don't know your way around, it's wonderful when you have a companion knows what he's doing, knows the language. You can just relax. This person is leading you, taking you through, going through different situations. It's wonderful. Well, it's like that with God. He's on my right hand. I've got him beside me. There he is, supporting me, directing me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thy rod to correct me, thy staff to beat away my enemies. 
walking through the valley, God is with me. Even although all around me be perishing, be dying, I won't die before my time. A thousand at thy side shall fall. On thy right hand shall lie ten thousand dead. Yet unto thee it shall not once come nigh. All works together for good for the Christian. Think of young Joseph carted off to Egypt as a 17-year-old boy, away from all the protection of home and in the hands of those who would treat him roughly as a slave, trafficked into Egypt. How safe he was, because he trusted in God. And even in the midst of temptation, he was kept. And even when cast into prison, God was with him. And every step of the way, the Lord was looking after him. And all that he suffered contributed to his exaltation. Because if he hadn't gone to Egypt and he hadn't gone to prison, he would never have become next to the king, the prime minister of Egypt and the deliverer of Egypt and of Israel. David, King David, remember how he was hunted by Saul, hunted like a partridge on the mountains. And yet how safe David was. I will both lay me down and sleep and quiet rest will take. Because thou only me to hope. Thou hast made me to hope in thee, trusting in thee. He could lie down in a cave, in a forest, wherever he was, he could lie down in peace and calm. Because although there were spies all round, enemies on every side, the Lord was like a wall of protection around him. And David was safe and secure. So, trust in the Lord for protection. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is on my right hand, I shall not be moved. So finally, verse 9, Therefore my heart is glad, and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. What cause the Christian has for joy? Nobody else has a right to be joyful. The world thinks they have joy. But whatever joy they have, there's always a sting in the tail. There they are getting drunk. And then there's the misery that follows. The hangovers, the addiction, the problem relationships, the destroying of the brain and all the rest of it. But the Christian... Christian has a cause for rejoicing. The Christian has God with him. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Rejoice not in yourself. You're so limited. You're so sinful. You make such a mess of things. But rejoice in the Lord. I rejoice in the Lord 
always. And every situation, no matter where you are, no matter what's happening, no matter the difficulties, be joyful in God always. Because he's your God, he's looking after you, he's caring for you. He takes care of everything. Rejoice in the Lord always because your sins are forgiven. You have peace with God. You have God on your side. You have a heaven before you. He loads you with blessings. Oh, that men to the Lord would give praise for his goodness then and for his works of wonder done unto the sons of men. We're singing these verses earlier. Praise God. And all that is within me, praise his holy name. Because he's so good. He's blessed us with so many blessings. And that's why the psalmist says here, therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. Every night we lie down to sleep, resting in hope, trusting God. If we pass away through the night, it will be to open our eyes in heaven without fear. When the end comes, there's the bliss of heaven, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Thou wilt not leave me in the grave. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. <coughs> These words refer to Christ. He was not left in the grave. In hell, in that sense. But they also refer to every child of God. We too, just as Christ rose victorious from the dead, so we too will rise victorious from the dead. Thou wilt not suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Ultimately, we will be in heaven, body and soul. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Amen. Let's pray. We thank thee, O Lord, for all these <coughs> wonderful truths, <coughs> for all these blessings that thou hast promised us, for all these pleasures that are ours already and the best is yet to be. We thank thee that God is our inheritance and the cup of our portion. Our lines have fallen in pleasant places. Our inheritance excels in beauty. Blessed be thy name. So help us, Lord, looking back to be thankful for the way that thou hast brought us to this point and looking ahead. Help us to be confident, joyful, more than conquerors, 
through him who loved us. Help us to cast all our burdens on the Lord. Help us to rejoice in thee, our Father which art in heaven, our beloved Savior and our friend. Pardon sin for Jesus' sake. Amen. Our closing praise is Psalm 16, saying verses 5 to 9. Psalm 16, verses 5 to 9. God is of mine inheritance and cup the portion. The lot that fallen is to me, thou dost maintain alone. Five, five to nine. God is of mine Thou dost maintain the the lines in pleasant places In beauty, dark, I bless the Lord because he died by cancer.